Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello one and all, and welcome to After the Checkered Flag, my F1 special series here on the Behind the Glass podcast. I am joined once again by my <laughs> special guest, Paul Wallace from Sue Castle London. When are you going to intro that as our Special after the checkered flag. Still gunning for co-host position, which I refuse to give him. I don't really know why, but it's fun to string them along. Um, we've made it all the way here to the half point of the 2021 F1 season. I know. Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> yeah, we've uh, been having a lot of fun. We've been having a lot of fun. And today is the most pressure I have personally felt in the build-up to and after the checkered flag recording. Well, I mean, not only have we given it an additional 24 hours, um, this was probably, mm, shall we go and say, the best Grand Prix of the season so well, far? I mean, I I feel like how do we judge? Been, how do we compare? Every race, we've been like, ah, oh, it's just the best race we've seen in 10 years. But we obviously had the very dramatic situation at Silverstone a few weeks ago, which sparked a lot of interest. That episode did incredibly well. So huge thanks to all of you that have been enjoying the After the Checkered Flag series and have been following the sort of F1 season through our eyes, maybe, or, or with our words. I don't know how you describe <laughs> it. But anyway, so yeah, spiked interest. And, and then since the insane Hungarian Grand Prix race on Sunday... I've received so many messages. Yeah. Like, When's after the checkered flag coming out? And I'm like, oh my God, there's a load of press. So have I, which actually means that I should be co-host. Well, they'll know that you're going to be guesting. You know, uh, they probably would have yeah, realised he's a regular true. guest. Yeah, He'll yeah. be here. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so sorry that this is coming to you slightly later than usual. It was actually my birthday. Well, happy birthday, Sam. Then, I remembered it for the first time in a long time. I think first time ever, actually. <laughs> I've known you for about six or seven years now. And for the first time ever, you remember my birthday. But I think only because I told you we won't be recording on Monday. It's my <laughs> yeah, birthday. yeah, yeah. You actually told me every day for two weeks in the build-up to your birthday so i couldn't really not remember it would have been awkward um so yeah so the, the episode's coming with you a little bit later but anyway we are here to analyze to discuss to dissect an <laughs> insane hunger and grand prix which i was going to come out and say it proved my calls for re reverse grid races <laughs> was correct i mean i kind of think that maybe ross braun and and, and stefano domenicali went Let's just try this somehow. Let's just, Bottas, can you just take everyone out and we'll do a reverse grid race? I mean, have you recovered is my question. Oh, have I recovered? I've had time to collect my thoughts. 
Um, have I recovered? Probably not, um, because everything was still going on so far after the race actually finished. Um, so I feel like it's actually quite appropriate that we've that we've left a little bit of breathing space because there was always an opportunity for another driver to get disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> I was a nervous ball of energy after that race. I mean, throughout that race, and then it took me about two or three hours to calm down from the insanity that was the Hungarian Grand Prix. And you know what's funny is in the build up to the race, you know, Tony on the WhatsApp chat was giving it all that. (laughs) Which always frustrates me and we often refer to on this show. Um, But Hungary is one of those weird Grand Prix that some years we get really dull processions that you really, you know, like who cares? Some years we get races like we had this week, this last weekend that are just mental. I mean, go back to Button's first Grand Prix victory. Go back to the Ricardo year. Like, I mean, there's, there's been so many incredible races and some boring ones and you never quite know what to expect, but it really delivered for the 2021 season. I almost don't know where to begin. You say that we should have reverse grids. I say we should just drop a bunch of water on the track before the formation lap and the teams have to work out whether the track's going to dry in time, what tyres to start on, so that there is this air of mystery about the start because fundamentally that's where everything started for this Grand Prix. Was It was obviously pouring with rain in the morning it meant that the track really didn't dry. Uh, but then it was almost perfect timing. We've had a couple of races where there's a chance of rain and it's not come. And then this time it was kind of like unexpected because the Saturday was so warm and everyone was worried actually that the tyres aren't going to last what Pirelli was saying they were going to last. And then we had this rain almost come out of nowhere. But as the, as the sort of flag dropped, the sun came out. And it completely threw everyone. No one was prepared for it. Um, definitely not boss ass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or was he? Oh, oh. Many conspiracy theories about Toto Wolf. We love a conspiracy theory yeah. on the show. Um, so for me, that's where I got the excitement from. The fact is that the teams could not prepare or could not strategize for what actually happened. That, that was exactly it. I think, you know, you're right that, that we always, I mean, wet races can be so exciting, but they mm. can also be a bit of a non-event sometimes, mm. you know, especially with the push towards safety. We often see safety cars or long delays. And this was kind of like that almost perfect storm, <laughs> pun intended, <laughs> oh. of, of a huge downpour all morning that sort of washed away any kind of rubber or, or, or that, you know, been laid into the tarmac over the race weekend. So that let this very greasy surface, unknown conditions, unknown situation, but then also dried out very mm. quickly. But but left us with this fascinating race. I was worried once it got dry. I was like, oh, well, that's, yeah. that's that. But we still had this unbelievable race. And so I don't really know how to attack it, but let's, let's, just, di- <laughs> let's just dive let's in. Let's really try. Yeah. And if we miss anything out, we apologize. <laughs> we'll miss out a lot, for sure. <laughs> um, and there was just so much going on that I'm, I know I'm going to forget things. Yeah. But that opening lap, so yes, we sort of, we had this grid order that I don't think necessarily hinted at an epic race. Obviously, Mercedes locking out the front row. It's a track that historically Hamilton, at least, has performed very well at. And Mercedes have... I mean, Red Bull haven't always been that strong and hungry. We, we've just breezed over the uh, the Saturday qualifying with Lewis backing the pack. 
Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> are we gonna just? Should we just go straight into the race? Yeah, okay. As, as always, I think when it's a sprint race, we are sp sorry, sprint. Everyone okay. sprint weekend. We'll talk about okay. that. Let's just concentrate on the race. There's too much to get into. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we ended up with this, you know, Mercedes front row lockout. Uh, Max and P3, and then, you know, a smattering of interesting midfield mm. runners, but it wasn't like, it's going to be epic. It could have been quite dull. Yeah. And then with the rain, in we go into turn one. <laughs> and Bottas, I mean, the man has at least given us things to talk about this year. You know what I mean? Like, he might not be having <laughs> yeah. the best performances of his life. He might be on his way out of that team, but he's giving us things to talk about every time we sit down to do an after the checker flag episode. Yeah, yeah. There was two, there was two results to uh, what he did on lap one turn one is either he has lost his Mercedes seat based on that or he's just secured his Mercedes seat <laughs> because of course I know everyone listening has watched and knows exactly what's happened but yes he plowed into essentially the whole field or at least the important part of the field yeah. unfortunately taking out Lando Norris, yeah. which I felt a bit you know yeah. gutting but these things happen and then essentially the two red bulls not quite hard enough I think Toto would have said like, <laughs> should have gone more speed um but you know to be fair he's come out he's put his hands up he's apologized he just totally misjudged it. And we have seen that at a thousand races all through years. If that was a Sonoda, if that was a Mazepin or whatever, there wouldn't have been maybe quite so much of a conspiracy. Like it was just one of those, you're like, bot ass. It, re the two it really reminded me of that Singapore year where it rained. It was and the, the two Ferraris took each other out? The two Ferraris took each other out, um, which then in turn took Verstappen out. I remember. And... Lewis just sailed on. It was almost as though, how can he avoid that with everything that had happened so close behind him? And it was basically that again, because, well, there were so many elements to what was happening because once Bottas had nudged Norris into the Red Bulls and then Ferraris were trying to avoid everyone, it was then everyone else behind just doing their best to try and avoid what was happening in front, which in turn sparked some more accidents. Well, I mean, you know, and I say if it was somebody else, there wouldn't be some con conspiracy theories. Uh, there was somebody else, Stroll. I mean, yeah. Stroll, Stroll was the second bulldozer. You know, you had Bottas taking out the front runners. Was and then Stroll was like, you know, well, you know, the upper midfield did a bit of a knock as well. So we lost Paul Charlie Leclerc. Uh, Danny Ricardo, who... At one point, it looked like he was going to be flying through into second or third yeah. or something. And, oh, you know, potentially we was going to have this race that we wanted. And instead, we saw a very depressing race. For yeah, we're, we're talking about, or we're going to talk about, everyone is talking about how Alonso fought for Ocon's wing. Win. Win. Um, maybe Stroll fought for Vettel's podium. <laughs> he was like, do you know what? Ultimate team player. I'm just going to take everyone out. I, I mean love you, Seb. No, <laughs> you go. Well, it was opportunistic, but I think Nico Rosberg summed it up very well. It was luck that mm. basically ended up with Ocon and Vettel, yeah. you know, finding their way through the melee. I mean, yes, their positioning was good. Maybe they saw what was going on and took some decisive decisions, but essentially they were in the right place at the right time. They didn't get hit um, because Norris, Leclerc, Ricardo, they were all passengers. They, yeah. they you know, yeah. nothing bad on their side. They were doing very well. And I think you saw that in Leclerc's body language, how frustrated because mm. I think he saw things opening up and yeah, he probably yeah, thought, yeah. oh, this I've is a massive opportunity. Yeah, I've avoided that huge crash. Yeah. I'm away here and then bang, gets absolutely <laughs> taken out by the torpedo. Just touching you... on um, Nico Rosberg there because I had a few messages in the build-up saying, just FYI, Nico's commentating as if it was going to be a, a classic Nico YouTube video where he's, oh my God, Lewis's career is over, all of this stuff. The the input that he had and the perspective that he gave being a modern Formula One driver throughout that race was amazing. Brilliant. I loved having him uh, I, in there with um The first Crofty. five laps, I was like, oh, shut up. Like, what are you on about? He was epic. He was in 
all of the drivers' heads. And the thing is, is that, as you say, you're so right, modern Formula One driver, that's a big part because, bless the Sky F1 team, they're fantastic. I am a Sky F1 watcher rather than a Channel 4 mm. watcher. Martin Brundle, mate, you are a brilliant broadcaster, but you haven't driven a Formula One car in anger well, for 30 yeah, years. Yeah, 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 so like, you know, so, 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 you know, when you're talking about certain things, it's not the same. It's I not know relevant. I know he's done a lot of filming, but yeah, it's not, it's not yeah. the same. Uh, Karun Chandok, unfortunately, you didn't have a competitive career in Formula You know, all these guys, super talented at what they do, but they don't have the ability to, as you say, know what the guys on track are like in competition, how they, like, his references about Hamilton were yeah, brilliant yeah, and were genius. Yeah. He's like, oh, he can still win this race. Yeah. And Croft is like, oh, you're a bit cocky. Why are you saying that? He's like, no, I was his teammate. Like, <laughs> how much can still win this yeah. race? Like, I'm telling you right now. And you're right. There's little tidbits and then that little information of how they're going about stuff and his natural ability to jump in, to dive in, say, oh, Crofty, let me take this. Let yeah. me talk you through what's yeah. going on here. It was so interesting. And I think he built with confidence as the race went on uh, and gave a bit of spice. He did, did still drop some Nico Rosberg YouTube bombs. You know? <laughs> um, but you're right. And I say, it, I don't want to knock the others. I think Karun does an amazing job yeah. on the Skypad these days. Brundle is arguably one of the best yeah, commentators yeah. in the game. It's iconic voice. Iconic voice. He's becoming a Murray Walker. And yeah. He is still super, super good. But to have someone like Rosberg, because Jensen uh, Button has been good in his punditry, but I don't think he's given that insight yet. He hasn't been able to, maybe they haven't put him in the commentary booth. You know, he hasn't yeah. really had that chance to exploit all of his knowledge and everything that he, he just, learned. I think, I think he just stitched the relationship between what goes on between the strategists and the pit crew and the driver and almost blasted everything together to give us the closest perspective we could have whilst watching a race of what it's like to be a Formula One driver. You're so right. Um, okay, so we had this huge, huge, huge incident, <laughs> turn one, madness, everyone gets taken out. Verstappen, unbelievably lucky to not really be out of the race at turn yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and my immediate thought was, you know, they've got to keep him going somehow because this is gonna, clearly going to be a mental race. They've just got to somehow get him out there. And just he had nothing going. to lose at that point. Nothing to lose, right? Um, so world championship. <laughs> skip a few laps post, oh, sorry, skip the red flag yeah. period when we're coming back out for the restart. And we had that bizarre moment <laughs> of Hamilton being the only car to take to the grid for that restart whilst everyone comes in for, at the time, dry tyres, wasn't it? Which looked like a huge strategic mistake from Mercedes. I'm going to come back to you because you've got a great, well, you you figured out something. Well, you don't, I, I don't know if you figured yeah, it out, but you learned. Honestly, I've I've not actually seen it anywhere. Okay, I'm uh, going to come back to okay. it because how exciting was that moment <laughs> where they were coming around and it was it Georgie Russell who came on being like, everyone's going in. Yeah, everyone's going to pick. Like, yeah. like everyone's going to pick. Yeah, it's and then dry. Lewis was like, it's dry. Yeah, and you were like, what's going to happen? Like, gonna, like, this is bad. They're all going to come in. But then we just see how does the only car. My thing was. What would they have done if Hamilton had also come in? If, mm. if all the, so firstly, talk about what you learned as to why they didn't bring Hamilton in. So a friend of mine actually said this, and I don't know what his source was, but basically because of where Mercedes garage position is, which is obviously the first garage, he would have come in to change the tyres for slicks, which I believe is probably what they would have wanted to do. But the fact, because it was a formation lap, everyone was so close behind, they wouldn't have been able to release him until the back of the pack. Therefore, starting P14 or P15, or literally at the back of the pack, which would have completely, well, 
ruin his race? Probably, I don't know whether that was the right thing to do because he eventually ended up, because he came in and pitted on the next lap at the back of the pack, but maybe that gave him a better chance. So yeah, they were, they were thinking that if they brought him in for that change, they would have been stuck there because of all the traffic, the whole entire rest of the field mm. were coming through the pit lane also too, and that's what they predicted. He would have been waiting in his pit box to not crash essentially yeah. for an unsafe release. Yeah, And so really the outcome was the same. He ended up at the back either way, but I think there was the chance that he could try and build uh, uh, some yeah. kind of gap and maybe slot in a bit better. No one really knew, but that was, and it made sense. And actually it's also come out that Michael Massey was asked, well, what would have happened if Hamilton had come in as well and no cars had lined up? He said, we would have still done the procedures and the lights <laughs> would have gone, gone out. Yeah, would have gone out. And then the, 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 the pit lane would have gone green, green straight away. <laughs> so I was like, that's interesting. And of course, at this point, it was Russell who thought, well, I'm not going to sit in this queue. I'll just, yeah. Oh, which was a sort of, I don't know if it was bizarre or genius. Like, I, like, I can't work it out. I can't work it out. I guess he realised- it, it looked illegal. Coming out of his pit box, right, there was already a queue at the end of the pit lane and Williams right at the end. So he couldn't rejoin the pit lane. And I think he knew if he stayed where he was, no one was going to let him in. Yeah. No one's going to be like, oh, after you, mate. It's not, it's not like a T-junction <laughs> yeah. operator. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So- I think he sort of made that conscious decision of, right, well, I'm just going to go to the front and I'll just give the places back if they tell me to. Um, but it did have this bizarre moment where coming out, oh my God, George Russell, how's he done it? Um, and look, hey, great result yeah. for Williams. Yeah. We're walking away with, on the day, eighth and ninth, which ended up being seventh and eighth, right? I really feel for your mate, <laughs> Latifi, Latifi oh. right now, because there is no talk of Latifi right now. No. It's all about... Russell yeah. gets his first yeah. points. It's all this struggle with Williams. Latifi beat him. Latifi's yeah. got more points. Latifi was running in third competitively yeah. for like 25 laps. Yeah. I mean, the guy's a bloody genius. Yeah. And to be fair, Russell did come on the radio and did that call saying, you know, you know, prioritize yeah, yeah. Nicola, whatever we've got to do, like make sure we're scoring maximum points for the team. He had to do that. And we've spoken about before the, the weird not unlikability factor of Russell, but there's something that you just struggle to really engage with him. There's a slight disconnect. And at that point, you know, you're like, oh, you should be going, oh yes, what a guy. But I was a bit like, oh shit. Yeah. As it, yeah, as if it's a, a case of, look, I'm going to assume, as is everyone, I'm number one driver. But, you know, let's prioritise Latifi. Yeah, give him a chance. You know, he's, he's put in a good effort. Like, yeah. I, was, I was like, oh, like shut up. Like, yeah. but, almost, but no. almost like when Lewis was following Lando at the Austrian Grand Prix yeah. and that then overtook him. I was like, what, what a great driver. <laughs> Even though I just overtook him. Yeah, um, yeah but, but either, no, 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 great to see Williams get some points. And uh, also you can see how much it means to them. The amount of... Um, I suppose, social media coverage that those guys have given off the back of the performance shows just how much it means to the team. You could see how much it means to George with his post-race interview. Um, and, and, to, and collectively, I think there's no one that loves Formula One or watches Formula One that doesn't want to see Williams scoring points given the history of the team, the, the sort of personnel that have been involved with it over the years. So to see them in the top 10 was actually awesome and it's felt it felt like it's been coming yeah, right yeah it, it yeah, feels yeah, yeah. it's felt like it's been coming the and last so, couple of years you've seen the car be fully off the pace and almost be like what's what's the point in running um but this year especially um i think it's definitely a long time coming and cool to see someone though that so nearly <laughs> finished in a point scoring position or at times was running in a point which i just have to dwell on 
Mick Schumacher. <laughs> because we're not going to... Now we're there at the bottom end of the field. <laughs> I mean, he, this was this is exactly what that guy needs to do. And yeah. Look, I've said before, I don't think he's had the most convincing rise to the top, but... Now he's the, there, he's there. Oh, as in the top, as in Formula, Formula One. One. Yeah, okay. yeah, you know, it took a couple Good. of years, you know, Good. yeah. Yeah, so, okay. yeah what well, has has been the top. <laughs> he's made it, yeah. the pinnacle. Um, but at a circuit where his dad was so successful um, that, you know, as the weekend they announced the Schumacher documentary on Netflix, all this stuff yeah. like that. And okay, he's still been having some mistakes, making some issues here and there. But he finally got his chance to... Well, get his elbows out and race some of the top yeah. guys and, and and get some screen time. And boy, did he do a yeah. good job. I was going to say, he did not just almost like, here's the position, ever. He, he really fought, fought hard. Maybe sometimes a little too hard. Like, you know, he, was, he was aggressive, but he's a rookie. Mick, Mick, that car is pretty much undrivable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please don't drive it to the limit. <laughs> it was exactly that. You know, sometimes with the staff, I was like, he's going to take him out. He's going to take him out. But, you know, good on him. Like, he needed to do that. And it was, and he kept it on the track. He mm. kept it clean, okay? And he was fighting for points, which, yeah. you know, that Haas car should never be anywhere near this season. So I, I was really... I was really happy he had that moment because uh, it's moments like this that we've seen with the likes of Bianchi or the likes of Alonso back at Minardi or the likes of Russell at Williams where sometimes they outperform the car or show their ability. And that was Mick's first time to do that yeah. so far. And, and I think it was I think the, I think the whole weekend or especially the, the race shone a light on so many drivers that get overlooked. There is, I mean, everyone in Formula One is is talented and very, very fast. And what we saw with a little bit of the reverse grid is, and obviously Verstappen's car, which he came out and said was pretty much undrivable with all of the damage, it kind of put everyone at a bit more of a level playing field. So you really got to see the driver's skill and racecraft rather than just smoke around in a Mercedes AMG because it's the fastest or whatever <laughs> and just be like, ah, oh, he's won again because he's got the fastest car. Well, the thing is, right, it, 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 it did also show up the fundamental flaw in Formula One as it is, yeah. which the cars could not pass easily. They oh, could pass, but not of, pass easily. It's one of the, the biggest frustration is when you hear on the team radio the driver who is following and gaining and getting into a position to overtake saying, I can't follow close enough. And, and this is that, you know, we're having this huge rule change for next year, which... You know, I think personnel within Formula One are a little skeptical about, hopeful but skeptical, but should make this opportunity, you know, following cars, battling with cars easier and mm. better. What Hungary really showed is we're right at the end now of this old formula and it's a, it's a real issue. It's just starting to get good. Yeah, yeah lol. <laughs> but it, it really showed up, you know, we'll, we'll come back to this obviously, but Vettel and Ocon was a prime example of that where you would have to say that Vettel was the quicker driver or had the potential to be quicker. He, he stayed the entire race, Within a second and a yeah, half, a second, yeah. second and a half, which shows you have a pace advantage because your car will be in such turbulent air at that point. So, but the fact he couldn't catch an overtake or couldn't pass and all throughout the field, you know, we did not see a lot of overtakes during this race. DRS helped a bit. Not that much though. But not that much. It wasn't a, a an advantage as such. It was and more I'm, about the lines coming out of the corners that you saw. Well, and I'm really not going to, I'm going to try so hard not to get on the Hamilton <laughs> hype train here, but essentially was the only person that managed to do any overtaking of any notey work. Like it just overtook the whole non, field. Non, so. Non-Lewis fans will say, well, he came up. He was in the best car. Doesn't matter. At the back of the pack. He's in the best car. Yeah. Doesn't matter. He's in the best car. So like, you know, like that, that's it. He's in the best car. Um, but yeah, so so you're right. It, we got the chance to see incredible defence, 
uh, pre- like <laughs> holding off pressure, like like you know being able to. It was a great show of skill, mm, but mm. a frustrating one where the result I think wasn't truly reflective, reflective of pace, yeah, uh, or driver ability necessarily. But it gave us a great result. So I don't oh, want to yeah. pick on that yeah, too much. Yeah. So yeah, um, let me just bring up the order because yes, Mick Schumacher I wanted to touch on. Um, Seb Vettel will come back to further up the road. Um, Daniel Ricciardo, to be fair, it was also carrying around a lot of a lot of damage, but I think. I think there's an awful clip mm. online of him climbing up the car at the end of the race. Have you seen it? No. Oh, and he just sits, basically hulled up over the... Um, he hates it, doesn't what's he? What's it called? The, uh, Halo. Halo, thank you. Looks like he's crying. Mm. Looks like uh, he just looks miserable. He must I think, hate that car. I think he hates that car. Mm. I think he hates that kind of thing. He's feeling a bit lost. Yeah. Really frustrating because I think he, ha- he was quick during the, yeah. during the weekend. Yeah. You know, he was right up there with Lando and I think he saw it as an opportunity and he's, and he's gone backwards. Um... Uh, Kimi Raikkonen getting a point. What a legend. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about Max. I mean, came away with a P9 after the, the Vettel disqualification. Yes. I, I, mean, th- I think they'll see that as... Um, damage limitation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he did what he needed to do. That car probably was undrivable. Probably oh, most the, of the people would have given up or complained. And there was a moment where I think he was running in P12 or P11. And I think Nico or whoever was commentating was talking about whether they should pit him for another set of tyres. Is this the chance? And they didn't. They missed this window. And I kind of was like, are they just going to retire the car? It kind of felt sad if they were just going to retire the car and kind of cut their losses. Um, But cool to see him stick at it. Yeah. And And they come away with two points. Yeah. You know, so from that point of view, it's it's good. And they needed to do that. Yeah. You know, for the championship, it would have been, I think it would have been, Stupid of them to have retired that yeah. car. Um, and yeah, so I think what I'm so interested by is to see what version of Max Verstappen comes out of the summer break. You know, he was riding such a wave. He was really on top form. His confidence was just, well, he was unbeatable. He, well, yeah. he was yeah, unbeatable. Yeah, yeah. And then he's had this huge incident at Silverstone, which goes all through the media. He was raging in the press conference on Thursday, was it, when he said, I just do not want to talk yeah. about this anymore. Stop talking about it. If you just stop talking. Like, yeah. you could see the frustration. And we've said that this is the potential weakness for Verstappen across a season is his ability or, you know, his hot-headedness, which yeah. is what all great racers have had and do have. Hamilton it's had drives that era. Like, it's what drives them. You know, we've all seen it. And that's a part of what makes him great but it's also a potential weakness. Yeah. Um, so it'll be so interesting now that he's had an, another frustrating, unlucky race. Is he going to come out feeling like the world's against me? I'm not destined to win this. Or is he going to be like, totally chill, let's go, crack on, car's quick. I would like to think that he's going to come back like that. I hope so. Um, so do I. There's some very loud car revving uh, <laughs> outside the studio right now. I don't quite know if it's coming across on microphones. I somehow doubt it. But uh, uh, if we look a bit distracted, <laughs> or suddenly every now and again you hear... It's a very loud V8. <laughs> oh, you sound like really gargling way uh, behind us. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, then we talked about Russell and Latifi. Uh, Yuki Tsunoda, I mean, P6, great for him. I think he'd be yeah. happy. And, well, the moment we have to talk about was obviously was Hamilton around the outside of turn four, was it? Oh, it was epic. I mean, so, I don't want to sound like a dick here. No matter how I say this. I'm going to sound like a dick right now. <laughs> but, you know, with Hamilton's charge through the field, I'm just sitting there going, this is Hamilton of old. Like, he's, he's overtaking. No one else overtaking. Watch, I love this guy's so <laughs> And he caught up with Sonoda and you could tell that a DRS overtake wasn't going to be an easy thing. And the the maestro that is Hamilton when, okay, I'm not going to get him in DRS. I'm not going to get him in turn one or turn two. I've got to find somewhere else to overtake him. And this is what, we do see it. We do see it with Verstappen's. We see it with Alonso's. We see it with Vettel's. We see it with other people. Where else am I going to get past? Not the, oh, well, I'm stuck now, which I'll prepare myself drivers, for the next DRS zone. 
he was like, I'll find somewhere else. And yeah. you, you saw him for a couple of laps, just sniffing around that turn four, going, okay, I forgot a lot. Like I'm getting close. <laughs> <laughs> I texted the group to yeah. Tony and I was like, he's going around turn four. <laughs> he's going around the outside. And literally the next lap, <laughs> and I was like, Legend. Now, the thing is, of course, Sonoda backed out. Yeah, like, of course, yeah. Sonoda went, okay, fine. You know, it's Hamilton. I'll, yeah. I'll let him go. It's not my fight for today. Can you imagine if he clipped his rear wheel? But this is the thing, okay? <laughs> so, yes, he backed out, but Sonoda's like not a known entity, really, in Formula One. Like, yeah. you know, he's had a few Lewis mistakes put here and there. A lot of trust into him. A lot of trust. <laughs> or was that like a lot of like, Be move, <laughs> Because the, 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 the point of view from Lewis's car was like, there is absolutely no room for him to hit the apex where he did. Um, and then it's only until you see the other camera with the cars coming towards you that you really see Sonoda just realizing that that corner is is Lewis's, <laughs> which is something that Alonso refused to do. <laughs> yeah, which we, what we, a we, hero! We've got to come to. Gasly, I think, had a very quiet race very, in P five, like solid result for AlphaTauri in general. Yeah. Do you know the only team to score every single race so far this year is AlphaTauri. AlphaTauri, amazing, uh, outrageous. It's the white it? wheels. Um, it's the white wheels. <laughs> so yeah, good good solid result for them, but but weirdly quiet. And he's the kind of guy that usually is there to get the big results yeah. on these days. Yeah. So. Um, I think he was feeling a little frustrated towards the end, happy but frustrated. So then we come on to officially P4, P5 on the day, Fernando Alonso. <laughs> now, we've given old Jimmy Alfonso yeah. a hard time this year. Said that he came back just to sell T-shirts for Alpine. <laughs> he was there for the old glory day just to drive around at the back going, hello. But my good Lord, yeah. he turned up at Hungary. so good. I genuinely do not think any other driver in the field could have done what he did to Hamilton. I held him up for 10 laps and I'll tell you why. Go on. Because I think... Go on. You go first. I'm, I'm saying this based on F1 experience. Vettel. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I think that I would have bottled it sooner. Do you think? Because... The Hamilton Alonso story is so, it goes back so far. Yeah. And they keep talking, oh yeah, we respect each other. I think they hate each other. <laughs> I, think they I think they still hate each other. And 
Hungary, obviously a big place for their story, you know, way back in 2007, huge drama at Hungary there. And that was really Alonso, his, mo- you know, his most game playing. And Alonso has come out to say, look, he was holding up Hamilton for Ocon. Yeah. He knew that if I- Hamilton got straight through that victory, he was gone. But I am Verstappen, yeah. which was like, basically like going, I'm team Verstappen. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I hate Lewis. <laughs> but genius of Alonso to have that foresight about the race, the race victory. He knew that, I mean, I'm sure the team were helping him given that information, but also he goes, I, I'm the, I'm the, what's called the backstop here. Like I'm the safe, the, I'm the one protecting Ocon. Like, yeah, if, if yeah, Hamilton yeah. gets through me, that's it. We're not winning this race. The so, guardian angel. Thank you. Um, and he fought so hard. Yeah, it was, Amazing. Classic Lewis after two times. Oh, yeah, he's pushing yeah. me off the train. He's dangerous. You did literally <laughs> crash into Verstappen two weeks ago, mate. Which, you know, I, it's the part of Lewis that I've always struggled to kind of. I think, I think a lot of people do. I think there's Lewis fans that struggle and I think there's Max fans that hate it. And in the heat of the moment, it happens a lot with Lewis, you know, a, a bit of a complaint. And then he comes out after just being like, I'd have another way, man. Yeah. So yeah, great. Yeah. Like, love great battle, so, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's quite frustrating. But fundamentally, it's heat of the moment racing. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's the wheel-to-wheel racing that we want that most circuits we don't get, either because of the car's disparity in performance or just DRS. Yeah, you're so right. It's too, so wide or, or the, there's long straights between the corners. But a big reason I thought, I think it was Hamilton's head game. So I think Alonso was like, get back, little boy. Yeah. You're, you're still that little rookie that turned <laughs> up to that and ruined my life. Get back. You're not coming past. I don't care who you are. And I think Hamilton had that Oh, it's Alonso. Like, he will <laughs> yeah, just like, yeah. bit, like bin me off into the There was like, a different gravel. mentality in Lewis's attack with the way that he tried to get round Alonso. So with Sonoda, he always had a little bit more speed going up the hill, but you're right. He turned in mm. with the, get out of here, Sonoda. Yeah, yeah, and Sonoda yeah. was like, okay, sorry, Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas with Jimmy Alfonso, there was like, nah, bruv. Like, yeah, like, like, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. both going to die sure before I let you in. I'm sure he actually said it like, in that accent yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. Nah, bruv. Nah, <laughs> you ain't coming around the outside of Jimmy. Oh, so, it was so, so and, and for the climax of that race, because I, what I didn't want at that point, that final tire change, having the race that we'd had, I didn't want Lewis to just absolutely Breeze walk through. it. I wanted it to be, and when he got to London, we had 10 laps of epic racing. Yeah. I was like, yes, it felt like Formula <laughs> One of old. And then, you know, long story short, finally the pressure got a bit too much to Alonso. He made a little mistake and, and through Lewis went, which again shows how intense that battle yeah. must have been. Yeah. Because for Alonso, okay, fine, 40 could years have old been, now. It could have been tyre performance as well. Of course, you know, but they were pushing each other that hard, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was absolutely amazing to see. And then you see how quickly Lewis went past Sainz, like boom. Oh boom. my God. It wasn't just how fast he went past Sainz, but at the end of the race, the gap, I think was about 15 seconds. Uh, I'm going to have a look here. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was about 15 seconds. Because I look back because it was only a couple of laps. I'm pretty sure he had maybe three laps or two and a half laps from going past signs to then trying to catch up with the... You're right, because it was like an eight second gap with like four laps to go yeah. or something like that. So and was, to, the, to then get past signs and then 15, a 15 second nuts, right? is unbelievable. So yeah, huge pace advantage. So well done, Alonso. And I still... Don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I kind of, I warmed to him because I obviously sit as a Lewis fan, but I'm not a, it's not, I'm not a, like a, I'm trying to think of the word. I'm not exclusively a Lewis fan. Sure. Is what I'm trying to say. So I do have um, other favorite drivers within the grid and ha- have other favorite 
cars. I almost prefer the McLaren team to the Mercedes team because of Lando and sure. Ricardo. Yeah, yeah. Um, when Alonso came out and was in that pre- post-race press conference, and they said, "So, like, what did you make of Lewis complaining down?" And he just said, "Hey, he always complains." He always <laughs> like as if as if to be like, yeah, do, you, yeah. do you not know who I am? Yeah, do you yeah. not know how many times I've raced him? He I've been always so yeah, complains. Yeah. There's always something wrong, <laughs> which is kind of true. But you know, like yeah. unless when he's winning, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah, it's then just tires. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so great to see. And then and then we get on to the top two because it was the top two for the entire race: Ocon and Vettel. Now. I'm gonna I'm gonna be really horrible right now. Oh no. Because the thing is There we, are gonna be we, a lot of French Well we can't change our tune. We have given Ocon a pretty hard time most of yeah. you know the, the after the flag Norm- series. No, I normally give him a hard time because his legs are so skinny though. I know, but which is, I think it's borderline bullying. So I'm going to stay away from that. Try and be nice to everyone and not go in on someone's looks. But anyway, uh, <laughs> all right, Paul Wallace. Uh, he's been fairly nondescript this season. He signed that mega contract yeah. with Alpine. He lucked into a couple of good results of once again being in the right place at the right time, mm. not necessarily performance-wise. Alonso, a 40-year-old man who'd been away for the sport, but has caught up with his pace fairly quickly. And... The sort of, not the frustration for me was, again, he he was lucky on that first corner. Mm -hmm. Yes, great Mm -hmm. car position. He qualified well, so he was in the right place. But he was lucky to escape unscathed. And Vettel, as we saw, had the faster car. Now, what I will say for Ocon is he was able to handle that pressure for the entire race. The man has not won a single (laughs) seater class since 2013 <laughs> so they, that's nearly 10 this years a decade of racing in formula 3 or gp3 or whatever it was at that time like he's not exactly been at the top of single seaters for a while and to be able to keep that pressure or to keep that focus with vettel in a quicker arguably much quicker aston martin right behind you for the entire race that I applaud. And on a, on a very physically and mentally taxing circuit. For he, sure. He came out and said it, didn't he? He, he said, like, yeah. This, this, there's no real relaxation. Like in Baku, you have a couple of straights where you can probably not have to concentrate as much. Whereas in this, oh, the straights aren't even that long. Like there's corners everywhere. It's nonstop. Um, so that, that I totally applaud. And I don't want to take that away from him. And I am glad to see another Grand Prix winner on the grid. But... You'd prefer Vettel to have won. Well, I mean, th- that, but th- that's, a, I mean, I would have preferred many other Leclerc. drivers to win. Like, if, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't really want Ocon to win a Grand Prix because I was a bit <sighs> like, having the year he's had, I don't think it's... Deserved. Gasly winning at Monza. Mm. It was coming. We all wanted it. Yeah. It was there. There was all the potential. Um, to, uh, Perez winning at, uh, at Bahrain. You know, like, all this, that was always coming. You always want... Ocon, it's a bit like, well, you just kind of lucked into that a bit. Yeah, right? but did it's you so harsh, did, but I'm just going in. Did you, I kind of agreed with you up until you saw him and then you realized how much it meant to him. Oh, and, no doubt. And, and then like everything just came rushing back to be like, "Oh, I'm actually really happy for him." And then I started to see everything on social media and I was like, "Oh, this is actually really cool. I'm really happy that we saw that." Because <sighs> I do agree. I think it was more deserved for Vettel to win considering the results that he's had previously, he's almost looking like in some races he can be top five um, and has actually got there. Um, but imagine if he had overtaken Ocon and then all of this would have come out oh. with the disqualification. Can you imagine? So that's what I wanted to come on to a little bit, actually. So yeah, so we'll part the Ocon thing, as I say. 
it is good for him. And it's great to have another Grand Prix winner. And we've got to remember his era of racing point. <laughs> remember that thing with Verstappen at Brazil, which I wanted oh. to come in on a conspiracy theory on. But anyway, uh, you know, he was a great talent then. It's only been the last couple of years that he's faded away a bit. So, hey, maybe this is the start. payroll? <laughs> no, I think he's on the uh, Mercedes payroll. Because I remember that, that huge he fight is, in the pit lane. He is, isn't he? <laughs> Actually, he is. That's, that's my whole point. Conspiracy. So, Vettel, yes. So, firstly, do you remember the preseason show that we did of this series? I, my prediction was that Vettel would win a race for Aston Martin. Or maybe that was on the main podcast. At some point, I've yeah, said, okay. I think Vettel will win a Grand Prix for Aston okay. Martin. That was my rogue out there prediction. So, there was a part of me that was like, <gasps> please. Why didn't I put money on this? <laughs> but... For all the reasons we've discussed in previous episodes, we want Vettel and Aston Martin to do well. Mm. We want that story to be a good story. Because we want Lawrence Stroll as a sponsor. You want Lawrence Stroll as a sponsor. <laughs> I'm still slightly nervous that he'll come in here and boss us around and be terrifying. Um, but yeah, obviously we had the podium in Baku, wasn't it? Yeah. And then we've seen and, uh, Monaco, Monaco did well. Good, yeah. um, so he's, he's, he's been coming and coming and coming and, and it's becoming a good story and he's feeding bees in Austria and clearing up rubbish in Silverstone and just being a wonderful human being and mm. fighting for LGBTQ plus in Hungary. Mm. You know, he's just being a wonderful human being yeah. and then starting to live on track. So I was there just going, please. <laughs> like th- I just want this to happen so badly for Vettel. But then, yes, so what has now transpired is... A stupid technicality that there wasn't enough fuel in the car for the FI to measure. It needs to be a litre, and it was under that. And then they also have to sort of count, you know, the lap back to the grid uh, or to the pits, which he didn't even complete. So disqualified, straight out disqualified. As Tony would say, rules are rules. Rules are rules, black and white, black and white. That's the rule. And you're so right. If he had overtaken Ocon and then we'd had this, I mean, it would have been... Yeah, it would have meltdown. But also, Formula One once again shooting themselves in the foot, right? One of the most exciting races we've had in years, most exciting races of the season. Great story for Formula One, new and up and coming talent. Great story for Aston Martin. Bottas, start of the race, plows into half the field, takes out title contenders, teammates, like just five place grid penalty at the next race. Yeah. Vettel, (laughs) tiny bit less fuel at the end of the thing. Disqualified. Disqualified. Out. And that's Formula One. And I know, I agree, black and whites, rules are rules. They used too much fuel during the race, whatever, or they underfilled it, whatever you say. But yeah, it uh, seemed yeah. extreme. Um, and they've got to be careful with where they see leniency. But I, stuff like that with, with Formula do does know, still Do you know what it is? I think the fuel is black and white. Mm-hmm. And obviously what we've seen over the season is race directors become a lot more strict with the way that they deliver penalties. Whether they actually deliver strict penalties or not, they're coming out and dishing five-second penalties out as if it's like a game show. I feel like the, the black and white of Vettel being disqualified, I just feel like the um, five-place grid penalty obviously is is up for debate and they decided on that's what it was going to be. Um, it just makes Vettel look really harsh. because It makes it look very, very harsh. Um, you know, Because we, I say, there's such a sort of good energy around him and that team at the minute. We wanted that success story and to be disqualified on such a technicality felt brutal maybe that's just us as fans and our psychology oh for sure because they look at it from a subjective point of view and they'll look at the rules and they'll go well this is what he did this is what he did he didn't do this he did that he didn't do this therefore here's the and if you're under fueling a car even by 400 milliliters or whatever like that maybe that's a pace advantage maybe he wouldn't have been we all know he wouldn't but you know what i mean like it's it's I get it. I totally get it. 
but it's Formula mm. One for they're gaining this huge audience from Netflix. Yeah. The Schumacher documentary is going to spike that once again. They've got to make these situations a little bit simpler. They've got to they've got to mm. be able to exp- it, yeah a know. little bit like watching a football game and. Oh, it's offside. Yeah, yeah, he was offside. Or during the race, some kind of thing that's saying Vettel running on the borderline of the fuel. There's a chance that he's going to, yeah. you know, something yeah. so that we can follow. So <laughs> we don't finish the race going, what a race! And yeah. then half an hour, two hours later, you're like, what? Why is he disqualified? Yeah. So yeah, unbelievable race. And I so say he brings us to the half point of the season. We now got the summer shutdown. We'll be back for Spa, I think, at the end of the summer. It must be Spa uh, yeah, usually, it, and then um, Dutch Grand Prix. End of, end of then, August. Yeah, perfect. Um, what I thought we would do before we go off into our summer break is very quickly. No, do I'm our, not having a summer. I mean, the podcast is having a summer break. Yes, the podcast is having a big summer break actually. But you yeah, know, we continue working. Um, <laughs> great. I, I wish we had a summer. Break. <laughs> um, but the. Uh, traditional format of this series, or at least it was for the first sort of five or six races, was to do sort of review the finishing order in reverse order. So we'd go from 20th to 1st and talk about each driver's race. But then as this sort of, you know, season has got more and more insane and races got more and more insane, <laughs> we scrapped that and just talked about all the action. But I thought we would go back to that old formula today and basically give each driver a mark out of 10 for their season so far. Okay. I don't want to debate it too much because okay. we'll be here for another three hours. Yep. So just a sort of relatively quick, and um, we're going to have to... We, because of the Hungarian result, we've we got to measure ourselves here a bit. We can't start giving out eights and nines like at the start. Because, yeah, 20th position. No, whatever, there you go. So Vettel officially last in the Hungarian order. So what would you give old Seb out of 10 for his season so far? Uh, 7.5. Yeah, I was going to say 7. I think yeah. 7, 7.5. He's, he's improving uh, he's, he's some exer- solid results. He's exerted some performance out of that car. Maybe more so than Stroll. A couple of mistakes still. Yeah. Slow start to the year, but yeah. he's getting there. So yeah. then so then his teammate, Stroll. Um six point five. Six. Yeah. Six six point five. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your point five you love a point five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just sitting in the middle. Mm. Yeah, six from Stroll. Don't think he's done anything mental, but no. he, he's been he's there, there. about. He's proved he's proved himself. Charlotte. Proved himself. Charlotte Clap. <sighs> Do you know what? This it will be more fun for me to guess what your ratings are because I reckon you've gone it at a nine, nine point five. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's outperforming the car. Yeah, he's made some mistakes. We've seen him make some mistakes, most notably at Monaco. Um, he's now behind Science in the mm, championship table. Yeah, I think pretty telling. I think he's had a lot of bad luck this year. Yeah, um, but I think he's I think he's doing a solid solid job. Yeah, so I'd yeah, agree. Nine nine point five for him. Sergio Perez. Mm. Mm-hmm. Good, good question. I'd say that he has probably performed better. I wouldn't necessarily say more consistent than previous number two Red Bull drivers. 6.5. Yeah, I'm going to say six. I'm going to say six. I think it's so weird to say, hey, he's won a race and a couple of podiums now. Just one, yeah, one yeah he's podium. been up there. But there's still a question. There's still a question, isn't there? He's still not doing, and they're still talking about the Red Bull seat next year. Could it be Gasly? Or could they still rustle away? Because like, it's not a surefire bet. He's not done enough still yet. He's not played the part that Red Bull want him to. Apart from one and a half races, maybe? Yeah. So it's It's a a shocking thing to say, but he's got to do more. Yeah, but it's such a hard seat. Because all he's doing is creating a barrier around Max to try and win the championship. It's not a hard seat if but you're always second to Max. Yeah. Which, we're going to come to Bottas in two seconds. Up until this year, 
that's what he did. Mm. He, and he did always a really second. good job of it. did a fantastic job of just always being second. Yeah. Or P2 or on pole. Yeah. Perez, that's not what he's doing. Yeah. So uh, Bottas then, officially P16th. Um, um, five? Three. 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 I think he's having a shocker. I think he's having yeah. arguably his worst season for Mercedes. Mm. I think he's having an absolute shocker. Three's harsh though. Three is harsh, <laughs> but... I was going in at five because I'd probably rate, if I was in a Formula One car, like a three. You would get a if, three. You mate, you'd get a naught point naught 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 one. Why? Because you, you, I mean, you'd be twenty five <laughs> seconds off the pace. Per, so, per so, lap. So would I. I mean, I'm not saying I'd be any better. Uh, Lando Norris. Oh, Lando, eight point five. I'm going to say nine. Nine. I'm going to say nine. Yeah. I, I don't. The the problem which we've got with Lando is we don't know if he's outperforming the car. Mm. That could be yeah. that car's performance. Danny Rick, unfortunately, is off it. Is off it. So. Lando, his consistency, insane. Yeah. Podiums, put out some results. Why have I not given him a 9.5 like Charlie Leclerc? Why have I not given him a 10? Because, I don't know, just because. I, I mean, I think, I think there's, I there, think there's, there's another still, level he could go. I, I think you're right. I think there's a little question mark over where can he go? We haven't seen the, the peak of him yet. Um, Mazepin? <laughs> Fairly non-event. Somewhere between, like four. I was going to say between three and five. Yeah, th- uh, three. I can't rate him higher than Bottas. That no. would be really awful. I mean, I would probably, yeah, I'd probably, yeah. I, I'd prob- I, could, I would even give him a two. Would you? He, he's finishing most races 20 seconds behind his teammate. Yeah. I mean, pff, that's bad. Being kind to him because of his dad. <laughs> <laughs> Your backup sponsor. <laughs> Stroll yeah. never comes through. Giovinazzi. Um, see, I just feel like we miss hell of a lot of coverage from him i feel like we see a lot of raikkonen but i feel like Giovinazzi has done some some pretty decent saturdays um uh five five i, I was five yeah five. mick schumacher i mean i'm gonna give him a 12 <laughs> four yeah, five or six, I would yeah, say. Okay, he's yeah, not going to get Five or six, I mean, so, you know, I'll give him a five and a half. Then, you know, he's still making mistakes. But Hungry, Hungry was a 12. <laughs> hungry, hungry was a 12. Um, but there's a season. Yeah, yeah, five, five or six. Yeah. Danny Rick. Mm. But the thing is, the thing is, no one wants to score him lowly. I feel like his race pace his race pace isn't bad in comparative to the, to his qualifying. I feel like his, his sort of like 95 to 100% isn't there. But I feel like, obviously, he's not as supportive to Lando as McLaren would like. I'd probably give him a six. Five or six. What have you given him? Like a one? Three and a half. Three and a half. I, I think he's having a shocker. I mean... I think he's having a shocker. Mm, I'd go back and watch some of the Formula Ones we've seen this season. He's not having. A, he's not having. A, he's not having a great season. But he's not having a shocker. I think he's having a shocker. Um, Kimi Raikkonen. Four. Four. Yeah. Four. Get out. Um, <laughs> I'll give him a five. Okay. I, do you I'll know what? There was a there was a part of me in that race where I was like, just give it, give the seat to a younger driver, give them a chance, just retire. He's and just have, scored a point. Yeah, but. 
just go and enjoy some retired life with your family. They come to every race week. Do you really think his wife wants to do that with the kids? Probably. Probably. <laughs> Max Verstappen. Oh, uh, 9.2. 9 9.2? <laughs> the reason why I'm not giving... I was thinking 9.5 initially, but... Um, 9.2. I think he's got to have a 10, hasn't he? What's he really done wrong? Okay, Silverstone, I'm not going to say he no, did wrong. No, no, no. Well, yeah. What's he done wrong? True. I think he's got to have a 10 for, for this point of the season. He's been he's been impeccable. I'll stand with a nine point two. Okay, so rude. I don't th- I'm not <laughs> sure why I'm allowing that. Really. <laughs> Georgie Russell. Um, I think a lot of people watching or listening to this will probably score him high, higher than what I probably. Well, I'm going to say seven. Yeah, I would say on a Saturday nine oh, or yeah, ten. Yeah. Saturday nine or ten. Uh, Sunday. The thing the thing is, up until this weekend that we've just had. He's been in the points for the majority of the race and not delivered that final, whether it's the car's fault, the strategy, for whatever reason, you kind of, that's why That's why I'm not giving him an 8 or an 8.5, which could also be a fair score for him. Um, so yeah, I'm going to stick with it. Yeah, I'd, I'd say 8, 7 or 8. Yeah, yeah. Fine. Uh, Latifi? Oh, 10. What a guy. <laughs> uh, um, no, in all seriousness, um six yeah five or six i yeah. think you know like you know he's, he's, he's closer to george this yeah, year for sure yeah. so five or six sonoda mm, i i would say the hope if we were getting like i would want him to be at an eight making those lunges like pushing gasly but he's just not been there so five and a half yeah, yeah, six. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I think similar kind of. I mean, we're same mentality. I think. I think. I think six. You I'm know. just going for those halves. Yeah, I know he's <laughs> a half. No, but I know he, sometimes it feels like it needs a half. Yeah. Uh, Pierre Gasly. Uh, Pierre Gasly. I would say seven. Uh, I was going to go puncher. I was going to go eight and a half, but oh, but that, that feels that feels a bit too yeah. strong. Has he had a podium this year, Gasly? No. Mm, not too sure. I don't I think, think he's had a podium mm, this year. Has he? He's been close. Gasly. If he if he hasn't got one, he's been close. I feel like I've seen. Let's check. Um, but yeah, I just mm, Formula One race results: Pierre Gasly, Bahrain car. Where's the position? Seventeenth, eighth, sixth. Oh, third. Azerbaijan. Sorry. Okay. Azerbaijan. Oh, yeah, that was a mental race. Mental race, a race that even Lewis Hamilton forgot because he said to Seb Vettel when uh, he goes, Gracie Aston Martin, their best ever results so far. <laughs> no, that race when you binned it at the end, yeah, they were on the podium, mate. Um, uh, Fernando Alonso, Jimmy Alfonso, up until this race weekend, six and a half, yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. Six, six and a half. I probably wouldn't even, I'll, Ocon, I'll, I'll, Alonso, six. Ocon 6.5. Okay, well, that means we don't have to do Ocon later. So. <laughs> I, I basically agree with you, I think. I think I, I'd actually put them both at six. Okay. I, I think Ocon's had a bit of a dodgy year, which was part of my frustration around the victory. Yeah. So I put them both at six. Uh, Carlos Sainz? I think, I, think he's, I think he's come into the team well. I think he's drove that car well, and obviously now he's outscoring Leclerc. Um, what did I give Leclerc? I don't think you said, did you? Uh, you just eight, went eight and a half. Yeah. Eight, eight and a half. Sainz, nine. 
Eight, yeah, eight I'd, and I'd say eight and, eight, eight and a half. He's eight made a couple of mistakes. He's made, <laughs> he's made a couple of mistakes here and there. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously hungry in qualifying, but made up for it with a, with a late I think podium. I think he's shown that he not only deserves that drive, but I think he's also shown that he is a Ferrari driver. 100%. And I think uh, when, he was sh- when he moved, or when it was announced that he was going from, I was like, he's not a Ferrari driver. I don't understand Ferrari's direction. They always need someone that has that pull. Um, and I feel like he has not only equaled, but even bettered Charles Leclerc. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I don't think the, I would always say this, I don't think the points table reflects, yeah. the, but, but he's doing an incredible job. Mm. And you're right. I think a lot of people didn't realise just how good he was going yeah. to be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 8.5 8. for sure. Uh, and then Lewis Hamilton. How do we feel like the defending champ has been doing? Um, eight and a half. Yeah, n- I was going to go nine. I was going to go nine. I think, I think, and I think, I, I, I think, I think Max has has pushed that score down from what it could be. Um, I think there's been there's you know Imola going off into the gravel, um, the instant Abaku with the magic brakes, uh, Austria. He went backwards because of damn. What was the Austria thing? Why did he uh, go backwards to Austria? Oh, he had um, underfloor damage because he went over the sausage curbs. So there have just been a handful yeah. of things which are uncharacteristic for Lewis, mm. which, you know, yeah, eight and a half isn't, you know, I, I think, yeah, somewhere around there. So long story short, the clear winner of the first half of the season, Max it's, Verstappen. I thought you were going to say Mick Schumacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Charles Leclerc, promote the boat. Um, so oh, yeah, yeah I, think, I think Max has come out. I think he's gone off... Uh, from last season, and I think he's seen the opportunity that Red Bull have, and he has fully grabbed it with two hands and is bringing the fight to Merck. It's not like, ooh, like, there have been many times in qualifying and in the race where usually I'd say there's still a chance Lewis is going to get this, or uh, I'm pretty sure in the second round on Q3, Lewis is going to out-qualify Max, where I've just not had that faith, and I've just known that Max is faster. Which has made it a super exciting <laughs> yeah. first half of the 2021 F1 season. We will be back with you post Spa to pick up on, well, uh, let's hope, the, well, the drama. Let's fingers crossed <laughs> the drama continues. And let's see if Lewis can raise his game up to a 10 out of 10, push Max all the way, or vice versa, because that's what we want to see. We hope you've enjoyed, uh, well, following, our, following, following the drama via our Fish Chicken <laughs> Flag. Uh, make sure you're subscribing and turn on notifications so you don't miss those future episodes. Of course, the regular weekly episodes with Tony do continue. Uh, this week, Paul actually doorstepped us because he got the timing wrong for this recording incorrectly. So on Thursday, Paul's part of the main episode. I'm Anyone really that doesn't sorry. like Paul, <laughs> tough luck. Um, but yeah, we will be back, as I say, in September. Until then, like us, let's all hope we can get through the next few weeks with no Formula 1 action. I'm just going to watch a lot of it on YouTube. So yeah, see you in a few weeks. Bye-bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.